God, I'm smart. I understand movies in the first try. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Screenshots, the drinking game movie podcast. We just got back from seeing Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm really excited to talk about it. Guys, I, before we start, I want you to say all of your thoughts about this movie in the comments below because we can't wait to read them because this, this is a big deal. Johnny, let's, let's get into it. What's it about and what's it making? What's it about, right? It's the latest film. That's Whoa. right. No, it's the latest picture. Picture, picture. It's the oh, latest shit. picture from Martin Scorsese. And now this is like a big thing to talk about because... In the age of like Marvel and superhero movies and Martin Scorsese's rivalry with them, yeah, 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 this is like a true <laughs> auteurist movie in a sense because it's you know two hundred million dollar budget. It's three hours and twenty six minutes long, and basically the story is when oil is discovered in the nineteen twenties Oklahoma under the Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel a mystery. Now that like I hear that story, I'm like, yeah, that probably happened. It's like that makes yeah, sense. Nineteen yeah. twenties, just like oh yeah, you could have the shittiest land possible. Native Americans, and then don't even worry about it. And then they discover oil, and they're like, shit, we got to get in there again. So, in box office-wise, you're probably wondering how a three-hour and 26-minute movie will did, well, directed did. by Martin <laughs> Scorsese, starring yeah. one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Maybe the last movie star on the planet, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Tom Cruise doesn't count anymore. Tom Cruise still. Yeah, Him and Tom Cruise are the last ones. The last ones. Um, so, okay. Box Office Pro, the tracking started like around the 20s, opening weekend. Yeah. And then Box Office Pro was like, no, it might get 30 to 40. And the tracking was looking cr- pretty crazy, actually. And But then this weekend it came out and it made $22 million, uh, domestically. And then it made, I think, $22 million internationally as well. So it opened with $44 million. Now, the budget's $200 million, but the budget's only $200 million because all the back-end deals that they pay stars theatrically, when, it, when, it, when a movie's released theatrically, mm-hmm. they paid up front, so that ballooned the, bu- the production budget. So let's take out $30 million for Leo. Okay. Take out ten for De Niro. The budget's probably around $140. $130, I, mean, like, I would still, guess. Okay. So, but also, it's a str- hybrid streaming movie, technically. For what? Apple TV. Okay. Apple and Paramount basically made the movie. So it's on now? It's on there No, it's right? not on oh, Apple okay. TV. I was like, that's but It's having a full theatrical run before okay, it goes gotcha, to Apple gotcha. TV. So I don't think it needs... I don't think a success is traditionally what a another $150 million movie would need to make. Like, I think this movie's a success if it makes $300 million worldwide. I don't think it will. I think yeah. Shutter Island opened with 41 and it ended with 128 domestically, yeah. right? That's legs of like 3.2 or something like mm-hmm. that. That's take the opening weekend and divide the, the domestic total. That's the legs. That's the, the, the multiplier. So, and then... But then Wolf of Wall Street, which is also three hours long, opened with $18 million and ended up making $116 uh, domestic, which is almost like a multiplier of seven. But they came out in December, and you know that those December release dates are awesome. Yeah, Because they just give the movie crazy legs. So I don't think, I don't think Killers of the Flower Moon is going to end as, with a multiplier, something like Shutter Island, like 3.2, and I don't think it's going to reach seven. No way. It might get no like way. somewhere three to like maybe like four to five times multiplier, probably around a four. So if it gets a four times multiplier... That means it makes just under $100 million, which means it's Leo's first movie that doesn't make $100 million since J. Edgar. And then double that for the worldwide total. That means it's probably going to make like 190 worldwide. Maybe it'll... I think it'll, I think it'll probably end with more than 100 internationally. So I think $200 million, I think it's safe to say right now it's probably going to make around $200 million, which I think is a kind of a win. I mean, it's not... I a, mean, it's not actually like a theatrical win, but it's also yeah. 
It's it's Apple doesn't give a shit if this movie because yeah. it's it was also, made for streaming. I event. don't know anyone actually has Apple by the way, like the uh, Apple think, Plus. I, whatever think, it's I called. think we had the trial. My sister has it. I think I think I had it shut it once. Yeah, yeah. Our, my fucking stepbrother just but said everything he's only Apple, gonna watch everything Apple does is apparently awesome. Apparently, you, you ever see that Timothy Chalamet commercial where he's like, "Get me on Apple TV yeah, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah, so everyone says it's pretty good. He goes, "I because like, I haven't been in enough stuff." <laughs> apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, doing with you. I'm doing with you. What a shame that movie's not coming out this year. Anyway, um, so you think you think it's gonna get to 200? Yeah, I think it's probably gonna end with like one. I, I really hope it gets 200 million domestic. I don't know if that'll happen because the audience is skewing. I don't know why we're spending so much time on this, but the it's audience good. is skewing old. And old people, you know, well, obviously, are very of slow to come it's out. Gonna skew it's old. not going to do good on the weekdays because it's like three, it's four hours long. Because it's like this, the, the only thing that this movie really has going for it when it comes to like the audience is, well, okay, Scorsese, uh, you got DiCaprio, you got um, De Niro, and also it's more of a, you know, it's a movie for older people. Like, we're, they were interested in the stories. It feels like, like a movie. My, like, this is a story my father would want to watch. Like, all oh, history and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. For one of the, like, when we look at like kind of a similar kind of movie like Oppenheimer, where it's like this is a piece of American history, it's very long, it's rated hard, it's like all these things. That movie so had so much going for it because of the memes and because of it's, it was Nolan because right. of all these things. This doesn't have the same kind of um, you know vibe. We went to that theater and it was a not that many people in that theater, but good for a movie it was like also this. A th- it was also oh well, it was Friday night. Never mind. It, it, but it was, it was but I night. felt like it was a good grouping for a movie like this because we had older people, but we had like people that are teenagers. Like behind yeah. us, there were some teenagers. Well, speaking of that, let's get into like what we thought. I think Martin Scorsese has truly transcended the medium of cinema by planting people in the audience oh. to narrate <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the movie yeah. for you. Because there was this couple and sitting right in front of us. Where, like, somebody will get shot, and this fucking lady would go, oh, he got shot? <laughs> like, that loud. And it's like, yo. Like, we get it. This, like, we just saw it. This happened to, the, like, the last two movies we saw. The Exorcist that happened, oh, and this yeah, that the guy. It, was, yeah. it might have been the same couple, honestly. <laughs> the same couple. But every time something happened, they're just like, like, there's this one, there's this one scene that's, like, there's one scene that's, like, heart-wrenching. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, this is one of the best scenes I've ever yeah. seen. And then I hear the lady going, ah, oh, crying. <laughs> Shut up, bro! It's so bad. Let's, let's get okay. Let's actually get well, into the, the thoughts of the movie. When when it comes to the length of the movie, though, because that's what we were kind of talking yeah, yeah. about, whether or not it was gonna like entice people to come in or keep people away. Regardless of um, what you think about long movies, every single minute of this movie was justified. I think every scene was necessary, and I think everything that we got out of this movie, like communi- communicably, like we nothing. Although I might have felt bored sometimes. I needed that piece of the story to understand the next piece of the, right. piece of the story, you know? Yeah, I think I think if there's any, there's, you know, there's a handful of American moments that deserve a three-hour and half-hour movie, three-and-a-half-hour movie, mm-hmm. and I think this is one of them. Like, I think this is a piece of history where you don't want to go, all right, let's just get out of here as quick as possible. It's like, no, fucking, come on. Yeah. You know? But I do think the runtime, it's not like, with Oppenheimer, it's three hours, but, like, it's like, boom, because it's just... Hammer. Oppenheimer it's like, was. It's just it felt quick. It's man. just cooking the whole time. Yes. this is a lot slower. Yes. but I think I, I do think it's absorbing enough where you don't really feel. I didn't really feel the runtime. I just felt the size of the story. Yeah, yeah. So and like I, I'm sure like sure it could have maybe it could have been sl- like shorter. Like I don't know what scenes to cut out. And I, I and yeah. what I also feel like the because it was so long it actually helped the development of Leo's character. Like it couldn't have been shorter. You I, feel like you've been through a lot. Yes, I like I needed it. To that's be, the that's the thing that long movies have. I I needed advantage. it to be long for Leo's character to mean what he meant. Because and I'll get more into spoilers, but at the end of the movie it's like oh fuck. It's like but if the movie was like an hour and a half, I would not have gotten that vibe, right. and Leo would have had to been written completely differently. Mm. You know, I think if you're 
struggling with whether you should see it theatrically. Like, I, I just convinced your stepbrother, your nerd yeah. stepbrother, Zach, yeah. to go see it in the theater because it's like, all right, it's three hours and 26 minutes. It's like, okay, which is harder to do? Going into a theater and watching a three-and-a-half-hour movie or being at home and watching a three-hour movie when you're like, oh, I have snacks and a game cube in the other <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, you know? Spider-Man 2 just came right. out. So I, I think because I, I remember when I saw The Irishman, it was like what, three hours and 19 and I watched it in the theater. I'm like, that didn't feel long at all because I'm in the theater. I'm going. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You kind of there's a freedom you get when you just accept how long of a movie is. Like if you, I, I watched Spartacus, which is like three hours and fourteen minutes, or t- t- Titanic. Yeah. It's like once you just give in to like how long it is, you don't really care. Meanwhile, there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch a ninety minute movie, get the hell out of here. You're like, oh, come on, hurry up. It's all about your perspective going in. And also, it's like not going to see this movie. Scorsese's like, this might be his last movie. He's getting up there. Yeah. You know, you don't. Yeah. You never know. So this might be this might be like your last chance to go see, you know, a Van Gogh or Van Gogh painting in person. Yeah, like it, it, it feels like he's one of the, like who's what are the three best artists ever? The painters. Yeah, painters. Like the uh, the turtle, the Ninja Turtles, the fuck those yes, guys. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> a Scorsese movie is like the equivalent of that for like for movies. He's going to be, like, one of those guys in the history book. So yeah, not going to yeah. see – you should probably go see him. It'd be a real shame to, like, live during this time and not actually take advantage of being able to see one of his movies in theaters. Yeah. I'm it's, seeing him it, in person on, fr- on Friday. You are. Um, but as, and we'll, actually, we'll get into that. But especially it'd be a shame not to see one of his movies um, when knowing it's, like, this one specifically in particular is going to mean so much to, like, cinema moving forward and what it means to, like, make a historical – um, adaptation. Mm. Um, I think this is a big deal. And again, look, like later on when we rate it, I, I have to find my personal average between how well of a movie it is and how much I was entertained because they are different ratings, so I'm going to have to find an average for myself. But regardless of whether or not this is a subject matter you find interesting, this is a pretty big deal if you're into film. It's like, you should probably get this ticket, you know? Right. And in terms of like the content of the movie, one of the things I was really surprised with it's how basic, basically I told you when we walked out, it's the same structure as Goodfellas, basically. Like, there's yeah, the I period of like, you know, hey, just starting out, business is booming. Oh, they're on to us. It all comes crashing down, that kind yeah. of thing. But it, the perspective is, is tweaked a little bit. Where it, Goodfellas, they're like bad guys. But mm-hmm. in this, they're like evil. So they're like bad fellas. Yeah. This movie should be called Bad Fellas, and basically. It, and that's something I want to say about like the evilness of this is that and, and this it's, might be, if I, this is too spoiler, you let me know. I'll cut yeah, it out. Yeah. I I feel like the way they um show Leo's character. So should I cut that out? Yeah, probably. Because okay, I told my okay, dad, I'll he's cut like, that dude, out. come on. Okay, I'll cut that out. Yeah. Well, then I'll I'll say it this way: the way characters are are portrayed in this movie makes you second guess as to whether or not they realize they're actually doing what they're doing, or they think they're like, yeah, this is normal. Well, it's just know? it's a because when you know evil people in movies, it's always like, oh, you can't get out till all the bombs in time, Batman. Yeah, yeah. But in this, it's just. It, it, it shows how casual evil is. Very casual. Casual is a good way to like, do it. It's yeah. not like a big deal for these guys. Like yeah. it's To us, because we're like, holy shit, but these, like, you never see them second guess, like, well, in, in the strength. like, yeah, this is what you talk about. This is what we do. Exactly. And, and the strength of their performance is so strong because I, there's like this thing in psychology where if you lie to yourself long enough, you actually think you're telling the truth. Um, and like, that's like a, a psychological weird thing. And the way these actors are acting, it's like, oh, fuck, like they've convinced me that they're telling the truth when I know they're lying. Right. It's like fucking weird. It's crazy. Like, I believe him. Job. And I just yeah. saw him murder. I somebody. believe him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, I wanted to, speaking of performances, we have Leo and De Niro. Yes. Whenever those two are in a movie, there's always a character in a movie. Like I've probably said this on the podcast where I'm like, whenever that guy was on screen, I'm like, excellent. Yeah. Whenever she was yep. on screen, I couldn't stop. Like the whole movie should have just been them. Whenever Leo and De Niro are two guys who are that guy in other movies. 
Like, oh, every time Leo's on screen, it's totally watchable. Yeah. And whenever De Niro's on screen, like, I can't stop watching. But the the, the woman who plays Molly, Lily yeah. Gladstone, oh, she was she's great. that person she's in this fantastic. movie with Leo and De Niro. She's yes. the person I'm like, fuck, I can't stop watching. Every time, she's fantastic. Every time she had a scene where she would, like, subtly laugh at something, I'm like, that looks real. Like, yeah. she's so good, you Right, know? like in that clip of him being like, I'm a handsome guy. Yeah, devil. yeah. She's like, oh. Yeah, that was so good. She's fantastic. Do, the, you know, the trailers kept saying, though, that... um. And they might just be saying this to sell tickets, like, oh, DiCaprio's greatest performance. Do you think it's his greatest performance? I do I, think it's one of his most distinctive characters. Because it's hard for me to judge what's, like, the greatest performance or the greatest movie because I always have to go back down to, like, was I entertained? Right. And I know this is, like, an gr- amazing movie, but I wasn't as, as entertained as, like, Shutter Island. I'm just not. Because I like that subject matter more. But right. I know it was filmed, like, but I don't. I don't, I don't partic- particularly like this subject matter. Is it extremely interesting and like yes. memorable? Yes. yes, but like I don't like that it happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I would have I would have liked if it was called Friends of the Killer Friends Moon of the, instead no, of the no, 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 Friends of the Flower Moon. Or the, you said you, Friends of the Killer <laughs> Moon. I would have liked it to be Friends of the Flower Moon rather than the Killers. But but no, so I I, I but try, then it'd be the worst movie ever because <laughs> nothing bad would happen. I try, I try to find figure out like I look at his past performances and think like what the difference is. But all he's just so good in everything. It's hard to really like you know right. Um, do you want to get into the ratings? Yeah, let's do the ratings. So for my overall thoughts, I do think it's nice to see Robert De Niro play a character his actual age. I, I like the Irishman, but it was really, I, I never knew it. what age I he was. I couldn't finish the Irishman. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's 55 here. And then Joe Pesci's <laughs> like, hey, kid. I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, kid. And I'm like, who, what? I never knew. It didn't work. It was like the opposite yeah. of kids playing cop in a movie. It was like old it's people playing young people. It was nuts. It is. But in this... Like, the violence in The Irishman, like, when he's kicking the guy, and when he's throwing I'm like, dude, this is rough. But in this movie, the violence is especially, like, visceral. And you're like, oh, shit, I forgot how crazy yeah. violence is. And this does feel, this is a Western. It feels like the last Western, basically. Especially because not only chronologically, like, in time, like, the 1920s and 30s in Oklahoma, yeah. but also, it's like, it's also a thing about, basically, the birth of the FBI. Yeah, And now the cool. taming of the West, like, the taming of the West. This is like the last Western story where it shows a full context and uh, 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 a perspective that represents the Native American side on a grander scale than we've had in the past. Like, there are there are Westerns that are like, hey, the Native people are cool, actually, a little bit. And yeah. these guys kind of messed up. This one's this was the one that's like, this is like, this, this basically like, this kind of feels like it's making amends for the tragedies that happened in the Western genre in like throughout, you know, film history. I can see what you're saying. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but that's no, I, 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 if I understand what you're saying, other people understand what you're saying. All right, cool. And you're really dumb. So. I, and I'm really dumb. So they should definitely, and I'm know even dumber than about. you. So and the fact that I can articulate it for a dumb, per, for a person who's slightly less dumb than me. Anyway, but I, I do think the movie is pretty great. And I didn't, I, I walked out. I'm like, that was really, really good. Very absorbing. And then the, I was like, that's pretty good. And then on the drive home, I was like, I'm kind of, I don't feel good. I feel kind of sick. Yeah. And then I got home and I got really sick. Got, and yeah, I had, a, I had an eight hour fever dream about this movie. <laughs> okay. I, didn't I hear about this. I was, I, I, I was in bed for like nine hours, right. but my sleep score was like a 51. What does that mean? And I slept for like four. Okay. Because it, 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 my Fitbit tracks okay, my gotcha, sleep. Gotcha, gotcha. Because I would wake up. And then I would wake up and immediately just think about the movie. Like, I couldn't not think about oh, anything else. I hate And I'm like, happens. oh, my God, my head was spinning. I couldn't think about this. I couldn't think not think about anything else. Yes, yes, I understand And that. And then I'd go to bed and have, like, a 30-second dream, and I'd wake up and be like, fuck, here's the flower moon. Damn it. All night, I couldn't stop thinking about Oof. it. 
And I then I woke that. up really sick and I played Starfield for 20, for 12 hours straight. Jesus <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think this is a great movie. And I, and I want to see it again. With, I'm going to see my, I want to see it with my dad. I so here's the thing about and think about the rating system. Yes. While I go. Here's the thing about like long movies that are good is like I still can't find a way to actually watch them a second time because they're so long. Um, as great as like Oppenheimer was, it's like I I don't think I could really watch that again. It's it's it's, it's well, it's like I said before, it's hard to watch it at home rather than the yeah, theater. and it, and it's so dense and stuff, you know. But like I said before, I think every single minute of this movie is justified. Even moments where like I'm kind of bored and I'm like, okay, when's the next scene coming? The scene that I'm saying that about. It's still necessary. Like, I need this. Because every single point of the scene, either, like, a tragedy's happening, a build-up to a tragedy's happening, or um, the acceptance that a tragedy just happens. Like, it's like, there's no, like, just, we're walking from one point to another. Because between point A and point B, there's story. So it does a very good job at filling every single second of this movie, like, very, very well. So I, I think everything part of it is justified. Now, like I said before, whether or not I'm entertained is a different story. So I have to kind of rate it between how well I was entertained and how well of a movie it was. Because you can tell what is and is not a good movie. I mean, you've said this, I've said this, everyone said this, that like, one of the, and you specifically said this moving out of the theater, how well uh, Scorsese does at showing death and showing murder. He's and, like the best at and it. And there's like some scenes in this, and there's one, what I'll, I'll get to in spoilers, but there's one scene in it where it's like, there's a gunshot, right? Yeah. And the gunshot was so quiet, and it's like, oh, something that small just ended a life. And right. like, it's the, it's a, and it's brutal in the most silent ways. And, and and I don't mean that like, oh, silent, because the, the gunshot was silent. Like, it's just, there's so many ways to take this, and so right. it's not. Like, somebody getting shot with like a twenty two caliber yes. in the middle of the woods, and there's just two people, has the same like gravity as like, Another planet smashing into another one. It's it's, it's rough. It's it's it, he, nobody's as good as per, like of just showing death in Scorsese is. He, he had, always finds like a way you've just never seen it before, or the the most visceral way to show it. It's because I, I think I think what it is is just a, it's the complete robbery of life. Like he doesn't give you a chance to like watch someone slowly die. It's just like no, they're gone. Right? Like, fuck, they're, they're they're gone. They're just gone. It's nuts. And then watching everyone a- react to that death. He always just... show and it's like the cameras. Always, every time somebody dies, like the camera always gets pulled back to, like, a full shot. Yes. Of, like, you can't do anything about this. Like yeah. It takes you yeah, away from it. That's a good point. It's really, like, pulling you back as it's happening. Yeah. Fuck, it's nuts. Man. God, it's... I'm smart. I understand movies uh, in the first try. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, no, so, you, what's the rating I, system? I feel, I, would, I wouldn't feel right, like, making, like, a funny rating system off of a movie, like, surrounding, like, an evil tragedy. So, yeah. like, I'm just going to say. Atrocities well, aside. Yeah, atrocities aside, it's a good movie. Um, I'm gonna just go one to ten. Let's just do one to ten. Make it a normal. What was another movie we were? Oh, uh, Sound of Freedom. Where we were like, Sound yeah, of Freedom. We're like, ah, yeah, I don't feel like doing that. I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna say one to ten. I'm gonna give it. How many flowers? That's that's a nice one. Because how was, friendly that, were the kids? That was the name of their land. Yeah, their name was the, the land was uh, Flower I'm, Moon. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it an eight point four. Okay, so eight point four, and I want to see it again. Okay, and also, think- it's one of those movies like a Scorsese movie. You, you always have to. Watching this movie again will only make my score higher. It won't make it lower. Whereas some movies will make my score low, lower. Like, if I watch a Marvel movie a second time, my score goes down, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not well, getting better. But then there's movies, like, I remember I watched The Post, which is a Steven Spielberg movie from okay. 2016, 17. And I watched the first, I'm like, yeah, it's good. Then I watched it a second time. I'm like, this is great. And then the third yeah. time I watched it, I'm like, this isn't good. It may, makes me feel, mm. it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Weird. But, I'll so, okay, later. so, anyway. um, if I had to rate it on the movie itself, being like, oh, this is, like, a good production, it would be like, it would like a 9.5, but don't write that down. If I were to rate on my entertainment, like how much fun did I have, it would only be like a 7. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to have fun. You, you know, you know, you know, you know I know, I know like what you mean. Entertain, right? right? I'd give it like a 7.3. So I'm going to go in the middle and give it an 8.3. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, so I give it an eight point three. Put that on the th- put that on the on the <laughs> well, Twitter on the Twitter New York Times article now. Mark Rubino says Killers of the Flower Moon wasn't fun enough. <laughs> you know what I'm Praises saying. Praises Marvel and bashes Scorsese. Can you imagine, bro? Fucking Scorsese's knocking on Scorsese. Scorsese. Okay, so we got an eight point four and eight point three. That's an eight point three five. Boom! Trademark a screenshot. Do whatever you want with it. Atrocities aside, it's a great movie. All right, guys. Spoilers in three, two, one. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Uh, before we get into like our spoiler thoughts, we actually we are sponsored by Apple TV, and we do have a <laughs> clip from this movie. Uh, Mark, bring it up. It's eighty. It's yeah, eighty nine minutes long. Here we go. <laughs> so it's, like, it's a quarter of the movie. It's a quarter of the movie. That that is a. It's only a quarter. No, it's a third of a movie, right? Uh, if it's ninety, 90 minutes, it's basically ninety minutes times thrice. Yeah, it's a third. Which third? If you had to show them, that'd what, be four hours. If you, what was your favorite third? Actually, good question. My favorite third. I'm so good at that. What was your favorite third of this movie? Because very frequently you say that the th- the last third, the final third, like y- you're not a big fan of the final third in a lot of movies. So how do you feel about the final third? It was the hardest to do. Well, the final third is also like you can have the best movie of all time for like the first two acts, mm-hmm. and then if your third act sucks, that's like the last thing the audience remembers. They are the hardest, bro. It's tough, but I do think I think the third act takes an e- interesting shift in perspective. Where so originally the story was, it was. Basically, the first draft was from the perspective of the FBI, and Leo was playing Tom White, who was Jesse Plemons' character. And it was basically like, you know, investigation, mystery, kind of throwback thing. But then they're like, they read it, and they're like, yeah, it's good. Like, Scorsese was like, yeah, it's good, you know, but we we thought about it. And he goes, it was missing, like, a heart of a story. So then that's when they switched the perspective to more heavily involve the Osage. So they made Ernest Beckhart the protagonist. Leo switched to that character. Jesse Plemons became Tom White. And and that basically having Ernest Beckhart be the protagonist gave the Osage like a stronger perspective on the movie. And they're also the Osage. They were part of the crew. They were also the actors like the yeah. like all the guys in the tents when they were like, this is we're a worst of warriors. This is our land. They were like the real people. Like real Osage. And yeah, I imagine. So. Yeah, and Scorsese. I, I saw an interview with Scorsese the other night where he was talking about they filmed the thing. And then he started talking to all the other extras who were all Osage. And De Niro's like, yo, you hear him talking in there? Go go film that shit. So they walked in, and Scorsese's like, hey, could you do that again? He's like, yeah, just get, get, point your cameras anywhere you want. I'll do it again. And then he fucking, they just, they, they, held, they hold on it in the movie. It's like a two-minute, three-minute take. You remember when they're all in the tent, and he's like talking. He's like, we'll still, we're, we're still warriors, I, you know? Do you remember that scene? I, I, they're in the tent, yes, they're sitting when, crisscross applesauce. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I figured they were all uh, the original, or not original, yeah. but I figured they were all Osage. But then, you know, at, during the third act, like the last hour, the, the perspective switches to, you know, De Niro, or what's his name? William Hale, Ernest Beckhart, and the FBI. And that whole thing of like, are you going to testify or are you not going to testify? What's going on? And the the Osage kind of take a back seat for a little bit until the end. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. I liked that section. I'm just stating that that was a different story the, the rules of that that section of the story were different than the first two because it's just it's like you know how some like some like in the first I'll explain this well it's like Goodfellas in the first hour is like he's like hey I'm coming back I'm just a nobody and then he gets the thing and then you know they they're getting money and they're killing people and then at the midpoint something happens and they don't they don't murder the guy correctly and it looks like he killed himself it doesn't look like he killed yeah, himself yeah. and then now the FBI is creeping in and then boom he's busted. Now you have to go into wit- like you know witness protection almost get to testify, and yeah. So I don't think I don't think the third act was bad. I think the whole movie was pretty strong all the way through. 
I, there wasn't a single part where there wasn't a moment where I'm like, all right, get, let's get past this part. How how accurate was them all having diabetes? Well, it does make sense, like uh, the fact that you know these, like these American Indians didn't. They're all their ancestors just ate like very organic, like yeah. natural foods, and then they're suddenly introduced to like exorbitant amounts of sweets and bread and shit, and they're just eating it. They're like, holy shit. It's like, it's like how, it's like the same way, like victims or ancestors of the the victims of the Holocaust are like super fat now. Well, they would eat chocolate and they die immediately. Yeah. But but I'm saying that's like, that's like a systematic shock in your body. I'm talking about like they had in in their ancestors or like, I don't know if it's genetic or like psychologically, they're they're just like, fuck, I have to eat all this because, you know. So it might be the same thing. Because I learned that, like, if, if you were to adopt children, it's best to feed them a diet based on which region of the world their ancestors are from. Right. Um, and that's why, like, so, like, people in Italy could eat a lot of, like, carbs, and they're fine. And people in, um, like, Japan can eat a lot of raw fish, and right. they're well, fine. That's, well, that's, like, in, in, why in America, black people are more prone to vitamin D deficiency. Because they their skin needs yes. more sun. Yeah, that's so true. That's nuts. They're, like, they're like three, they're, like, 28 times more likely to get vitamin D deficiency, something like that. Damn. Anyway. Yeah, but, um, that's true. Yeah, but so I was asking. That's why they're all fat. I was asking because it's it just seems so sinister that not only do they are they killing them with like actual actual violent means, but also like, hey, let's just marry them and wait for them to disintegrate. That's cr- like that's the that's they, they the called crazy it wasting. Thing. You know, that's the cr- well, they, wasting disease. There's a thing called chronic chronic wasting disease. Chronic wasting disease is in a lot of animals. I, I think I don't know how you know how you can contract right. it as a human. Like a lot of deer in New Jersey have uh, chronic okay. wasting disease. That's that's what I thought they meant. But also, how much of it is, like, the husbands being like, hey, fucking eat this shit. Keep eating. Yeah, Keep yeah. eating right now. Well, okay, so that's what I was saying about DiCaprio fat. is that, like, he did love her. He did. Okay, I think, I believe he did. Right. Who knows, right? And it, it was such a good performance because you slow you slowly learn throughout this movie that, like, oh, no, he it was his fault for a lot of these things happening. He's responsible for a lot of these happening, but you don't realize until it was, like, they have, like, that one cut they had of him, like, Killing the or yeah, killing the fucking one of the FBI agents. They they got oh no, the private investigator. The the private investigator. Like that's like fuck. Or like when you find out later on, there's like oh no, he planted all those explosives on Minnie's house or whatever. Well, that wasn't him. That was um. He knew what happened though. He knew what was going on. Yeah, he knew what happened. Because I thought he was just aware of all this, and he's like, keep me out of it. Yeah. And then I saw him. He was the guy who like basically beat the shit out of the private investigator. I was like, fuck, he's. Terrible. It's nuts, man. So it's like that, that performance of him still f- seeming innocent or being yeah. able to like portray that like he's like, oh no, I'm still a good guy and I'm doing what's right for my family. It's like, oh no, you're like actually guilty. Like that's yeah. it's sort of like the Joker movie. You're watching this guy become irredeemable. Yeah, yeah, become irredeemable. And while I was watching this movie, I felt like this deep dread that's like, I feel guilty. I'm not even doing any of this. Like right. it's like I, I I was put into DiCaprio's shoes feeling guilty. That like my wife still loves me and trusts me, and it's like, but I'm just like stabbing her in the back. I'm poisoning her. And also, it ta- it's also from her perspective too. Uh, her being in love with him, she was like, because it was a part of me where I'm like, yeah. how does she not realize this? I'm like, oh, she's in denial. You think that's what it was? Or do you think she was fooled? I don't. I think she. Well, at first she was obviously fooled, but I think as it started to get more and more crazy, she was just in denial, and also she was super fucking sick. Yeah. So she's like, she had no idea what was going on with reality, you know? Fuck. You know what I hate? Seeing people sick in movies where air conditioning, like, didn't exist yet. It's like, they're oh, all yeah. sweaty. Also, during the movie, I was still a little sick, so my throat was a little spicy. Like, you get that it's feeling? Spicy? Like, your throat's like, ah, it's a little sore, no. and I had that throat, and I'm like, 
And so she was like terribly sick. Like she's about to die. I'm like, I like, understand. Oh. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> so yeah, diabetes and drugs. It's so funny that like, no, nah, it's not, that's not funny at all. But I'm saying Jesus like, Christ. it's funny that she was like in a terrible state and she was like just toughing it out. And I'm sitting there with yeah. a sore throat being like, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much, how pussy like, What's that become? meme where like it's Walter White saying, this thing, this, oh, it's, it's, it's all about it's, me. When, you see, when you're in public and you see a group of girls laughing, it's this whole thing. It's all about no, me. No, it's like when it's like when the Black Lives Matter started and white girls on Instagram were saying, "Oh yeah, this, this whole, whole thing, thing. It's, it's all about all me." That's yeah, funny. <laughs> oh, but, um, I do, how do you feel about the way this movie ended? Because you know, the, the, you know, like in a movie, a historical movie. <laughs> one of my favorite examples <laughs> of you know what I'm talking about. One of my favorite examples is this is in this movie Fighting with My Family. It's about this wrestler Paige and how she got into the WWE. And The Rock like was part of that story. Yeah. So The Rock played himself in the movie. So at the end, when they do the the the, the titles. The, the the words at the end that show like how the how these characters wrapped up like this person died two years later you yeah, know that yeah, stuff yeah for that it was like Paige went on to become a successful WWE uh, superstar The Rock went on to become a successful movie actor like <laughs> yeah, yeah we know yeah, like yeah. he's you know so but instead of doing that Scorsese he doesn't have some text at the end he has like a old 1950s radio show crazy. I it's I'm like what a crazy way to end this movie because it's okay. it's different. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it because it's basically these guys going like in this, you know, Ernest Beckhardt, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole, but he was pardoned in 1947. Ah, see? And I, I'm like, he was pardoned? I remember getting pissed. Like, what the fuck? Why was he pardoned? William Hale, William Hale ended up outliving Molly. Molly died in 1937. Mm-hmm. I think William Hale died like in the early 40s or something. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. And they, and it really puts like a, it really ends on a, note that's like fuck god damn it like even though you see the fbi like win and you see the osage sort of win at the end it's fucking in the investigation that they osage still lose <clears throat> and you're like god yep. fucking damn it it's fu- and the, the, the bureaucracy stuff it's, there's just right. so much and stuff. also scorsese has three cameos in this movie he has three i only noticed the last one there's his voice he goes telegram for you mr Mr. Byron, Byron, what's his name? Byron Beckhart, the brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes, Telegram for you, just came in. And I then he reads that. it and they're like, get out of town. And then somebody, and then one of the guys gets killed. Um, and then when they're taking the picture in Washington and Molly's like, Mr. President, you know, please oh, help us. President? No, no, no. Oh. He was like, please, you know, Mr. President, when they're taking the picture, the photographer's like, all right, everybody look at the camera, look at the camera. That was, of course, so he has two voice cameos. And then at the end, he shows up and reads the final card saying, you know, during Molly's thing, she died in 1937, and in her obituary, in her obituary, her obituary, the murders were never mentioned. And then the movie ends. He's the guy. Yeah. And I think, and I'm like, why would he do that? And I think one, it's just an interesting way to watch the movie. But two, maybe because you're watching a radio show, like a form of medium, yeah. a form of media, and you have all these actors playing the different roles or whatever, and then you have him at the end like he's the director telling you this I don't like I, I think, well, it, I think it's you, somewhat you, allegorical, you, you, allegorical it is, it for is. the mechanics of saying something in a movie you, it's, it's, it was really str- I couldn't wrap my head around it and like you were trying to explain it when we were leaving the theater to explain it just as badly as I did now no I I, I, I think you did it better the first time <laughs> 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 but no it, it's, I understand what you're saying though where it's like I imagine you take this entire movie is told to the voice of Scorsese it's, it is because this is he wrote it he directed it. Well, he helped, but he co-wrote it. Okay, he co-wrote it. He, he directed it. He he wants you to see what he wants you to see. 
And at the end of the movie, when he literally narrates the rest of this story, it's just him closing the, you know, closing the book, saying like, no, this has been my narration the entire time, and now I'm just like finishing it up for you. So it's like, right. it's, it's, it's our, it's his and the other writer's take on what this historical event right. was. Um, part of me, part of me was like, is that, I don't know if I like him doing that, because like, there's a famous story, Alfred Hitchcock's last movie was Family Plot, and at the end of the movie... You see, uh, like a the MacGuffin of the movie, like in a chandelier, mm-hmm. and it's a big, it's like a big reveal. And the camera turns and it cuts to the main lady, and she winks into the camera, winks at the audience. And Bruce Dern was on that movie. He goes, and Bruce Dern goes, Alfred, like what, this, you should the camera should turn and it should be you winking. And Alfred Hitchcock was like, hmm, and he thought about it. He just sat there and thought about it for fifteen minutes and went, No, I can't do it. That was like a m- situation where I'm like, Dude, he should have done that, right? In this movie, you think so. Sort- Yes, because that would have been the last frame of any of his movies. Oh, well, he didn't know that. You yeah, know? no, but still, he should have done it. And, but Scorsese does like a similar thing here where he's kind of giving, he's Just in case he dies. He, no, 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 no. He's acknowledging the audience in a sense because he's the guy who says it at the end. Yeah. But I'm like, but also this isn't really, this is the kind of the Osage's story. This isn't like a lighthearted thriller like a family plot was. This is like one of the biggest, most emotionally gut-wrenching tragedies of all yeah. time. And like the fucking Molly, the stuff that Molly goes through in this movie, it's, I'm like, God, dude, this poor fucking woman couldn't. Like, she caught a big break with the oil money, yeah. But then after that, even with that big break, that came with a lot of just shitty. It's like, like she couldn't catch a fucking break. This lady, she not, had like the saddest life ever. Not to completely reduce it to a YouTube video, but um, I kind of understand where it's like at the end. Of, you know when you, like you were saying, like at the end of the movie, they put like titles saying like, "Oh, The Rock became The Rock." That's what they're doing, just verbally. Yeah, and no, I, 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 I that's what you're saying. Yeah, I appreciated doing that. And but the, the fact that it was him drawing attention to himself at the end of the movie. Well, I'm saying I understand it because, like, like when I'm like when I'm finished writing a big essay at the end, of it, I'm like, hey, thanks guys for watching because like it means a lot. It took me like three that's weeks true. to make this, and like it's just so casually me just saying thanks. So I feel like it's kind of the same thing where he's like, hey, I've been wanting to make this since I was alive. Thank you for fucking watching. Yeah, well, this no, shit. well, the book didn't come out until 2017. Well, he's been, I'm done hyperbole. Um. So I, I think uh, I, I I understand it. I understand yeah. it for sure. No, I'm curious to see what other, I'm curious to see what other people think about it because I don't. I, I saw that going. I have no idea how people are going to think. Of I, it. I looked at some reviews. I no one mentioned that, which is shocking to me. Yeah. Well, also like most movie reviews are like five minutes long, so it's like they they're like yeah, there are 34. Which well, is they, this well, one because is, this is a podcast. This yeah, isn't, yeah. You know, so they're they're not like saying like oh, in this detail and that detail. But you, th- you could probably have a whole, like, 10-minute conversation just on that alone and, like, what it means oh. at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, I wish we talked about this more in the beginning, but the imagery in this movie, there's some fantastic imagery with, with like, they're, they're just communicating ideas visually. And it's so simple. Usually, like, you know, when, when they talk about what cinema is, it's like a series of images that come together to make a brand-new idea. And sc- usually it takes, like, a few images to do that. But Scorsese does them in, like, like two shots. Like Can you he, give me an example? So there's one where... Um, the 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 mother Molly's mother I forget what her was it Lizzie Q who knows Lizzie Q is Lizzie Q. Lizzie Q and I remember a lot of the names which is a good sign it was a good movie and very absorbing but she's sitting in the living room and she's watching the family and all of a sudden she opens her eyes and you just see an owl yeah in the the window or the door and the in the way that it's an amazing shot because the owl's just looking at the camera the whole fucking time and then it flies towards the camera and then it cuts back and you're like oh in one shot he just showed that she was about on the verge of death. Because you get it, even though, even though you before you even they even say like, oh, you know, our culture we see owls before we die, even before we're cued into that, 
we still know what that means. Like, why else would she, she being seeing an owl right now unless she was on the cusp of death? And at the end of and the movie, they do the same thing for Molly, but she doesn't die. And then, well, the good thing about that, the good thing, the, the interesting thing that he does there is that when we see it the second time, you know, if we see it the second time, obviously it can get repetitive, but what he does there is the owl sort of is, sim- is a symbolization of the angel of death. And then right after she, see- after she sees the owl come into the room, Leo comes in, Ernest Becker comes in with the shots. Yeah. He, which were killing her. And I'm like, yeah. that's, a, that's, good, that's a good parallel. And so there's stuff like that with just one cut to a shot. Like you, you have, or when uh, uh, Lizzie Q, she dies and she wakes up and she sees her ancestors and then they just walk off with her. Two shots, we're done. We get it. She's in the afterlife now. Scorsese confirms afterlife. And also, he, and he doesn't do the afterlife. In a lot of movies, they do the afterlife, like in Titanic, where it's all brightly lit and the ice goes all the way up and it's all shiny and when bright. When did they do that in the Titanic? At the end. I have to she watch goes that in the boat. again. I can't remember that. She goes back on the boat and Leo's there and he's like, I'm still sexy. I can. So, oh, yep. I remember. So usually movies, they do the afterlife. It's all soft <laughs> and cloudy and beautiful. But in this, it's ju- it feels just as real as real life. But there's... It, there's uh, yeah, there's a there's a, a ethereal quality to it, and he's really good at that. It reminded this movie is basically a cross between si- Silence and Goodfellas. Have you seen Silence? No, fantastic. It's gonna be the, my my movie recommendation. That's I think that might be like his top five, like some like one of his best movies. How many movies, that is, how many movies have you made so far? Twenty six. Twenty six. That's yeah. a lot of movies. I'm gonna name all of them. Ready? Okay. In 1968, <laughs> 67, his first movie was like a student-type film called Who's That Knocking on My Door? Okay. And then he did Boxcar Bertha for Roger Corman in 69? Don't ask I me. I think. Fuck. Was it 69 or 71? Who cares? Next. You got a demerit for that one next. No, shut up. You idiot. How do you not know all 26 of his movies in the year they came out? No, I'm not. No, I'm fool. not. I'm you correct. Fool. I'm correct. It's Who's That Knocking on My Door? 67. Boxcar Bertha, 71. 73 was Mean Streets. 75? Did he make a movie in 74? I don't think he moved... No. 75, he did Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. 76, he did Taxi Driver. 77, he did New York, New York. And 78, he did Last Waltz. I'm not going to count all the documentaries. Only that one. Uh, In in, in 1980, he did Raging Bull. 82, King of Comedy. 85, After Hours. 86, Color of Money. 88, Passion of the Christ. Or no... Temptation of Christ, 90 Goodfellas, 91 Cape Fear, 93 Age of Innocence, 95 Casino, 97 Kundun, which I haven't seen because it's not available anywhere, and because he made it, of course, as he's not allowed in China. No way, really? Yep. 1999, he did Bringing Out the Dead. 2002, Gangs of New York. 2004, The Aviator. 2006, The Departed. 2010, Shutter Island. 2011, Hugo. 2013, Wolf of Wall Street. 2016, Silence. 2019, The Irishman. And 2023, Killers of the Flower Moon. Bam! Damn. I he, fucking did it, dude. You gotta he, clip that shit. He made so you many great movies. You gotta clip that shit, dog. <laughs> you gotta clip that shit. <laughs> Let me see if I'm always right. <laughs> anyway, continue. He made great movies. This is nuts. You, go, you should see this movie. Just He's like the top three. And also, like, cinema, whatever you call it, is like the, our newest art form, basically. I... I don't know what's going to happen with like social media and anything on there could be art. I don't know, but I, there's nothing in the future. Like at the turn of the century in 1900, it's like there was a new technology and people didn't know what they were doing. What? You know, it's funny. You know, how many times you've been like, 
Whenever you have to hear Mark's opinion, he's like, well, let's go back to 1873. Yeah, but this is Scorsese You were just like, let's go back to 1902. This is Scorsese we're talking about. Apparently it's pronounced Scorsese. Well, so I, when I understand. We, we talked about the... the also, that didn't count. As, that didn't count as short films like Italian American. We talked about the um, democrat democratization. Is that the word I'm looking yeah. for? Democratization of, accessibility of a film when we when we saw Babylon, and um, <clears throat> the further we go into the future, the more I'm seeing like, oh fuck, like this is this is the this is it. This is the this is a big thing because now and we saw the actor strikes, we saw the writer strikes, and everything is becoming super independent. What I will say though is that we see some like independent studios that like started like low and began and start to get b- uh, bigger, like A24. Um, they're becoming uh, like hot shots, and I think when you become hot shot, you end up creating pretty shitty things eventually because it slips through the cracks. But if you're like just a director, right? If you're just Martin Scorsese, if you're just like you yourself in your bedroom, I think you kind of have a responsibility to continue doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, sometimes, you know, if you get lucky enough, I guess I don't know if luck is the right word. If you get lucky enough to obtain some money from a uh, like a production company, you might have to bend to their will. But I think. What we're seeing is when it, whether it's through TikTok, YouTube, short films on anywhere on Vi- uh, Vimeo, I think we're seeing the democrat. I can't say that word democratization of movies and film, and it's becoming like you were saying. It's becoming like it, even though it sounds foolish because it, it, it feels like it already was. It's becoming the next big thing where that's what it is. I think we're gonna take a small break for a lot of short form content like we've been doing for the past like five years. But I think we're going to move back into long form content because I think people want that. I'm like, you. Wa- I'm sorry, you watch shows like Gen V that just came out. You watch shows right. like, Lo- so good. like Loki that just came out. Those are like 45 minute episodes. Right. Just like people, people want that. But also with streaming, if streaming is going to be a heavier thing, then it doesn't really matter how long it is. Because in a movie theater, the only thing that stopped, like I think long movies are better to watch in a theater. Because you're only you're you're kind of cut out of time a little bit because you're in a movie theater you're not going anywhere you know, but as a business thing the only thing that sucks about a movie being long is the amount of times it can be played in a day yes and which is like why the sh- the show times for Killers of Flower Moon are so strange, um that's why it's gonna hurt hurt it during its weekdays are gonna be hurt because since it's so long it's gonna take up so much of the day that people have to work they might not have time to see it, but with streaming it doesn't Apple TV doesn't care how much how long the movie is. Nope. Netflix didn't care how long the Irishman wa- or the Irishman was. I think what would be really cool is <clears throat> if there was a, a movie theater where it's like all the theaters, which is really like a lot smaller. Um, so the the screen was still like fucking a hundred inches, let's say, um, and they had like twelve seats in there, and like it, that'd be cool to be able to rent out those rooms to watch your own movies and and, and or the buy that's, tickets. Yeah, that's, that's like the showroom. I feel like that's I feel like that's what a lot of things should be eventually. Just inviting like. Five people at most would make it worth it because yeah. to rent out a hundred seat theater, it's like three hundred bucks. Yeah. So like to rent out a twelve person theater, it's probably not that, that expensive, you know. And if you have like let's say ninety rooms in a, a building that large, I think you could you know do something with that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do your movie recommendation, even though you already did. Yes. And then uh, also, I was wrong. Uh, Boxcar Bertha was nineteen seventy two, not nineteen seventy one. Oh, oh. But, but Alice doesn't live anymore. If you if you Why go not? on IMDb, I know what happened to her. <laughs> uh, if you go on IMDb, it says it was released nineteen seventy four, but it was actually seventy five. It got released. It was, it, its release was in. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so, so I was right about that, and then I was right about everything else. Yeah. Right, let me just make sure. Roll the tape. Play it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So. <laughs> yeah, just play the entire thing again. My movie recommendation is a Scorsese movie from 2016. Silence, I already mentioned this. Silence. It stars uh, Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver. 
and it takes place in the 17th century. And basically the premise is two Portuguese Jesuit priests travel to Japan in an attempt to locate their mentor, who is rumored to have committed apostasy and to propagate Catholicism. Basically, it's about how the Japanese... Was it would it be, would it be feudal feudal Japan? Feudal, I don't know what kind of whatever that the is. Japanese authorities at the time basically were like, you cannot be Catholic. We'll fucking murder you, basically, or you'll we'll, you'll be prisoner. So it's all about these priests going there and trying to spread Catholicism or whatever. And but basically, it's just a movie about like faith and stuff like that. And I'm gonna if you don't want to, you can mute it or just end the video if you don't want to hear this. But I'm gonna explain the best scene in the movie. To, to get to get you to watch it because it's like the best scene I've ever. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's it's two hours and forty minutes. It's pretty long, and also it bombed. The budget was like forty fifty million dollars and made twenty three. Also, it also sucks. I think the release was also got caught in like the Harvey Weinstein stuff. I don't, I don't know. Let's, if that was let's hear. It, let's hear. It. But the scene, the whole movie, he gets captured by the Japanese, and he's a priest, and they're trying to like which get character? Andrew Garfield. Okay, and they're like renounce Jesus, renounce God, renounce it. Uh, step on this plate of Jesus's image or God's image yeah. and, you know, renounce your Catholicism. Yeah. And he's like, no, I will not do it. And he, the, he, for years, they're trying to get him out there. They're torturing the fuck out of him. And he's just going out there, going out there. And he's like praying to God and there's nothing silence. Right. And then, uh, and then one day he goes out there at like, sort of like the climax of the movie and he goes out there and they're like, they're like, do it, do it. And then he's just looking at it. And all of a sudden he just hears, go ahead. Step on me. What? God tells him to do it. Like he hears, like the silence is broken and God just goes. Hearing you saying it makes it sound super corny. So no, I'd have to watch it. It's fucking, it's <laughs> awesome, dude. Just hearing Johnny in my, but it's, go but ahead. It's, it's not like he looks at the sky and there's thunder yeah. and it's like, step on me. You know, it's like the same way in Killers of the Flower Moon where it's just so, you just see it and it's so subtle. It's just a guy going, step on me. That's interesting because. Uh, within all the Abrahamic faiths, Christianity is the one like one of the only ones where you're not allowed to deny God. Mm. And uh, Judaism and the Muslim religion, you're allowed to do to essentially lie in order to save yourself. Right. But Christians are not allowed to do that. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's very, very good. It sounds I good. watching and going, fuck, dude. I didn't expect to like it that much. That's pretty cool. Fuck. I do like that. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I always see clips of that online. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, one thing about the, you know, Osage, though, real quick, and the Catholicism. It is fucking fascinating how also, it, it, they were it, able to... Actually, one thing about the Osages is that Mark forgot their name. I did. Right after I did. Came I, did. Out of the movie. I was like, what the fuck is it called? Um, Orange Crush? I, I think it's interesting how these very spiritual people were still able, be able to be converted by uh, Catholics. It's just funny because they were like, did you go to church recently? I'm like, bro. Yeah, they're like, come on. They're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I wasn't expecting that. Um, uh, we didn't do any words because we were stupid. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for watching. This has been great. Please, please, if you're still watching, that's pretty incredible. Tell, yeah. us, tell us what you thought about the... Yeah, you watched a three-hour movie, a four-hour movie, and then watched an hour-long podcast. Uh, tell us what you thought in the comments. If you're listening on Spotify or something, go over to YouTube and comment what you thought about the movie, or follow us on Instagram and tell us there. Um, thank or you for write all. to Spotify and tell them to make a comment section. They should, bro. They should, man. No, that'd be terrible. No, it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be great. Dude, dude don't, don't even look at the comments of like Amy Schumer's podcast. <laughs> or the comments, the comments of the Bruce Springsteen Obama podcast. Oh, man. Why does that exist? <laughs> so funny, bro. Um, it's called like, it's called like the Renegade podcast. Yes, yes. What oh, the it's fuck? So cringy, bro. It's so cringy. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you on the next one, which is going to be Five Nights at Freddy's. You know what the, the genius is about that movie? It's a sneak peek for next week. Is like obviously. Yeah, because we already saw it, actually. 
Yes, because <laughs> we were, they just they were like we can't show anybody this movie unless we get your review. Yeah. Of it. So, but that movie, like, okay, Five Nights at Freddy's, it's a video game movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, eighty million dollars of video game fans are gonna go see that movie opening weekend because it's tracking like crazy. Like, it's yeah. gonna open with like eighty. But then it's like, yeah, well, the video game people are gonna go see it, but also people who don't know what Five Nights at Freddy is and they see the trailer. They go, oh my god, fucking carnival animatronics turn yeah. evil. That's like a good premise for a horror movie. Yeah, we have a full table. Like that's yeah. We so have like a full table for the general audience. That's like that's a good. Like people forget how good of a premise that is. Yeah. So I, it's gonna be pretty shitty, but I'm excited. I think it looks fun. I, I think I think it's just Even gonna. I've never played. I think it's gonna be fun. I think the point of it is gonna be like, oh no, this is like not like a great movie, and that's the point. I'm, I'm surprised. I wonder if anybody will get this joke. Please comment if you get this joke if you're listening. I wonder why they didn't change it to Three Nights at Freddy's. I don't even get that. That's the most obscure joke of all time. You have to tell, me, you have to tell me when we close out. So, uh, well, you can tell me now, I book, guess. The book Five Days of the Condor. Oh, okay. It was changed to Three Days of the Condor, starring Robert Redford, directed by Sidney Pollack in 1975, because the structure of a movie doesn't fit the structure of a book. And he's like, I don't understand how I can make this five days and it feel like a movie. So they just made it, they, the writer made it to Three Days oh, of the Condor. Oh, whoa. Books are like in five stages. I never. Well, it's not, it's not like, it's just. Sometimes when you're writing a movie, like the confines of writing a movie, it's like, yeah, if I had an extra day here, it might make the third act feel weird. The third Understood. act should just be one night. Understood. You know? um, all right, guys, thanks so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Peace. Nobody got that joke. I mean, that's like a crazy. If anybody got that, it'd be like, dude, I throw that guy. If you're a dude, I'm going to have to marry Yeah, you. I was going to say the same thing. It's funny.